Welcome. We're here at our second Karma Cast, and today I have with us special guest, good old friend of mine. Sam, I call him. His name is Sherrod Scott, but his uh, company name is Sandman HD. Yep. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. 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 Yep. So, you know, I was thinking this morning. Today's our like our uh, six year anniversary almost. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was doing the math. I think it was 2013, right? Exactly. Yeah. Christmas Day. Yeah. Yep. That's. I think I was working. <laughs> I met him. This guy is such a. You talk about grind and hustle. This guy was working. Christmas Day, putting in a TV set for my brother on right. top of a chimney, just like this, you know? Right. But it was all stone chimney. Right. From top to bottom, he's putting in a TV set. My brother's like, I'll be over in a little bit. I got, got to get something done at my new, his new house. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's working on his Christmas that Day. That was before the baby, though. I can't work on Christmas now, though. I'll, I'll get some, <laughs> some pushback. Right. Yeah. So, but... um. So let's go back to your name for a second, Sandman. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never knew what Sandman meant. And uh, there's that song, you know, Sam, Mr. Sandman, yeah. bring me a drink. Right. I mean, it's, I thought it always said, bring me a drink <laughs> because I wanted to drink, but it's bring me a dream, huh? Yeah, bring me a dream. Bring yep. me a dream. So what bring happened? How'd, that, how'd you come up with that name? Uh, what, 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 did, what did it pull for you? I'll give you the, um, the short story behind it. So, you know, it's working at the cable company, didn't have Comcast. Uh, at the time it was RCN, oh. RCN, and they were they were doing broadband communication way before Comcast, and um, just having a problem making ends meet. I mean, I had student loans, I had you know car, apartment, you know, so I was like, you know, I got all these other skills. I might as well start using them. So I, I when you say other skills, what like just just oh uh, construction, electrical, um. Well, I used to do automotive, but I gave up on that. But um, just like I had a lot more to offer than I was doing working at this company, which is a good, a good company. At but the company, you were basically doing installs? Yeah, I was installing and cable and troubleshooting cable. Yep. And uh, one day I just started drawing a picture because there's a small part of me that's an artist. And uh, it was a cat on the moon sleep. And I said, I'm going to call him Sandman. And I just started going with that. And it was like, Sandman... Quality of service you dream of. So the quality work, of service you dream that of. you dream of. Um and just working for so many different companies before starting that, I could see where the holes in service were. Mm. Um oftentimes a lot of the bigger companies care more about the shareholders than they care about the customer. Right. And that's important. You found a found an uh, a right. vacuum or found a need and you filled it. Right. Oh yeah. Well that's that's part of business. You have to that's a big thing. Find a niche and find a problem and fix it. And that that's that's your superpowers when you once you solve that problem. So, so what happened then? So how'd you how'd you make the leap? When were you ready to make the leap? Or how? Um, <laughs> it's a funny thing because you always meet these people that say, "I can do this for you. I can do that for you." Um, I was already prepping to to leave the company, but I I didn't quite know how it was going to happen. Right. But I was like, I knew this this is not my end here. So um, I had already. I let my my truck my car go back to the bank at a Cadillac at the time. Let that go back to the bank, and I had I had a truck that I bought. Off. You say you let it? You just volunteered? I, I let it, or you just like I'm not paying this stuff? Yeah, well, it was a, <laughs> I bought I bought I was nineteen. Right. I bought a, a I had a note on a used car, on a used Cadillac, okay. which is after a while certain cars aren't used, meant to be. They don't make good used cars. You know what I mean? Right. So, so. I, between a bill, the 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 uh, the the car payment, the maintenance of the car, 
and all my other expenses. I was like, I got, I, I can't move forward holding on to this car. Right, right, good. So let the car go. Um, found a truck on eBay at the time when most people weren't buying cars from online. I, I found this uh, F-150 that I later on found out that it had water damage, but it was so cheap, I just, I took it. <laughs> but, um, I mean, there's a whole lot of stories with that, too, but uh, that's basically, and so then after I had bought the truck, I had magnets on it. I parked around the corner so my boss wouldn't see it, you know what I mean? So the magnets are what, Sandman? Yeah, the bag sat same in on the back. You know, I had my phone number and stuff like that. So I would park the truck like three blocks away from the job so nobody could know what I was doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, one day I was, you know, I was just, I got done work early and I hadn't go back, going back to the office yet. And there was this guy sitting outside with like 200, ca- 200 direct TV cable boxes. So I said to him, hey, man, let me get a box. And we laughed and we started talking a little bit. And he said, yeah, how long have you been working for a cable company? So I said, well... I've been doing cable for, at the time, it had been a couple of years, two or three years, straight out of high school. And um, he said, you know, I got a buddy with a contract. He installs home theater systems. He mm. needs some help. That's your thing. That's how I met you. Yeah. So I was like, all right, whatever. Here's my car. And I, you know, I don't really take people serious. A month later, after I completely forgot about it, the guy called. And um, we went out. I did a job with him that weekend. He paid me more than my, he paid me my whole paycheck in a day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like, you know, I had me scratching my head. So the next weekend, the following weekend, we went out again. He said, when are you going to quit your job and work for me? Right. Now my heart sped up a little bit because, you know, I, I was, what, at the time I had to been up to probably went 22 years old. I was making okay. 50 grand a year. That's pretty decent for a 22 year old. He didn't go to college. Right. Um, I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. When I went and gave my boss my two weeks notice and they laughed at me. They said, where are you going? Where are you going that's better than this? You know, mm-hmm. We're taking care of you here. And I said, yeah, I know. but going to jump off the I plantation. Gotta, yeah, I got I to gotta try something different. You know what I mean? I've I got more to offer. And it's been 15 years now. And I'm still here. So sometimes you just got to jump. You got to jump. Now, I can't say I'll do that now at 39 That's years good old. That's good. Somebody came along, it was a bridge, and they showed you the way. So what happened? Yeah. Did you work with that person for a while or what? We Actually, we're still in touch. Um, now that I've migrated also into um, Kitchen and Baths, um, he runs the plant for, he he runs the plants for uh, 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 Colonial Marble, where I buy a lot of my countertops from my job. For my King of Pressure? King of Pressure, yep. Okay. Yeah, the guy's the operations manager. So me and him are still in touch. So you worked with, with him for a while then before you then you went independent? Oh, okay. So so the contract was with Circuit City. Circuit City went under. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So he and I both had to find something else to do. I got you. Um I had a he, he didn't have a website. I had a website and um I was at the time it was like oh six, oh seven when the economy was tanking. And that's how I was getting business because I had a website. Right. So, and that and the residual clients from the contract that we had, because oftentimes we go back to service, you know, you'd rather the client call you than to call the company and complain about you. So <laughs> they would still call after the city. Smart. You had the leads. Under. You had the fresh leads. Oh, right. I had leads. I had leads coming to me. But after a while, that fizzled out too. And I had to um, reinvent myself again. But So a lot of people uh, talk about, you know, uh, entrepreneurship and the, and the hustle and, and, and they make it sound very, very glamorous. But there's the other side that a lot of people don't talk about and share about. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, my experience has been that it, it can't, you can't do it for the money. I mean, a lot of people think they're going to do it for the money and get rich real quick. It's got to be something you somewhere along, somewhere deep outside you're passionate about it. You're passionate, right? Right. If you do it for the money, sometimes the money's not there. Um, it's just so happens. I love electronics and work with my hands, but I was also the kid that took my, my toys apart. That reminds me of one of my lines. My favorite lines is from Khalil Gibran. He said, work is love made visible. Okay. So if you're making your love good. made visible, that's yeah. work. Okay. You know, that's like what that you, one. that's where you, you know, that type of passion is what we're talking about. Right. You right. know, pouring your love out into, right. your, into what you're doing. Right. I always say my, I, I don't have a job. I, I have a hobby that pays me. Right. <laughs> do what you love. That whole yeah. thing. Remember that thing back in yeah. the day? Do what you love. The buddy will follow. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you have to tell me to go home, right? <laughs> yeah, the first time, I remember the first time you were at my house, we were working and I just got the house. Luckily, I live right around the corner from the other house. I'm like, it's 11 o'clock. Aren't you going to go home at some point? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, I call him, I don't right. know if it's, 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 it's okay to say this, but I call you my black MacGyver, man, because he, he he'll figure out some stuff. He'll figure out some stuff, man. Yeah, He's, yeah, yeah. I have no, I, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, I'm the uh, you know, I'm the Dundada. I love, I love figuring out problems. I love figuring out a way. And, and, but sometimes you give me problems that nobody can help me with, that I can't find a solution to in a book, tech support. Nobody can help me. I have to sit down and really brainstorm this. Because that's one thing that's special about our relationship is that, see, I'm, I'm used to being an alpha everywhere I go. But Pinkaj is a, a more alpha than me because he's, he's the guy that's pulling me. He's the guy that's pulling me saying, I wanted to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, I've never seen it before, which that would scare some people away because, hey, I don't know how to do that. Right. But- I um I make it a point to be at least knowledgeable enough to know what direction to go into or who to call or what product I can manipulate to to get the outcome because some of the stuff you're asking me to do is not easy. Right. You know what I mean? I mean the first biggest project we had, I mean you did a lot of stuff here around the house, but yeah. the big project was that King Street Commons. Yeah. That building. Yeah. That that building there was, you probably spent more time inside that building or the regular <laughs> than I did. I mean, I back almost, in the day, I used I to manage it myself. But yeah, you were like spending more time in there than than I was. I'm in the office, but you're like in the in the hallways of this high rise building, right? And so you're getting the, the look, the feel, and the experience of pretty much everything that's going on there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, so King Street Commons is I wouldn't call it low income housing. It's more so. People in King Street, it's, it's not a luxury building. So so even though you might rent out a building to a, a girl who's a nurse and is doing pretty well, she might bring somebody in that's, like, destructive. You know what I mean? And some of those people were kind of floating in there. So when I was working in there, it reminded me of being back in high school because I went into school in inner city. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, I know how these people think. So um, that was that, that aspect of just being aware of your surroundings. The other aspect was that was the biggest, the biggest and also the biggest commercial job I had ever done at the time. I'm sure. It's like 40 something cameras, I think. And oh, well, at the end. So it's the a end. seven story high rise, just to give a little bit of background. It's right. in Town, Pennsylvania. Right. And just on the investor side, let me just give a little, little information before we go further. Yeah. So on the investor side of things, King Street Commons was a foreclosed property. Okay. We got it in around 2000. Mm. Um, 
we bought it right from the bank. It had 96 units in it mm. originally. Mm. And out, out of the 96, I think maybe 20 were occupied. What? So a building like that, you can only buy it cash. Mm. You can't finance it. You can't, you know, mm. get a thing. So yeah. it was 2 million cash. Mm. Um, now we've had it for almost 20 years. Mm. Slow and steady. We've been constantly, you know, um, I mean, there's no how, debt on the property. How, you know? how much? Uh, and it's worth about five, six times what we paid for it. How much um, are the, you said it was 20 people, uh, 20 units out Occupied. Of, right. So out of how much is the now? Now, now we have 156 apartments there because we added two floors. The third floor and oh, the fourth really? floor were, were vacant, empty commercial space that had, they had a fire and it was just sitting vacant. Mm. So we added 60 units on top of the 96 units there. So that's So why before I, they only had five, six, and seven mm -hmm. floors mm -hmm. were occupied apartments. Mm -hmm. Third and fourth floor were originally commercial space, but it was mm -hmm. just sitting vacant. Mm -hmm. So that we had that untapped potential there. Mm -hmm. We added 30 apartments on each floor. Mm -hmm. So that added the six, the, the unit count to 156. Mm -hmm. There's some commercial downstairs, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, occupancy stays in, in, in like 90% range. Wow. That's you know? a lot of work. But Pottstown's a rough city, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Pottstown, hopefully now there's, there's, there's speculation and there's like some kind of, uh, we've been there for 20 years, but now there's kind of like people are talking about revitalization, you know, mm -hmm. and talking about revital. And if it hits, then we're right. We're, 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 we're prime. Because you know, we're, we're, we're already making the renovations, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? We're spending a lot of money fixing it up now. Mm -hmm. Before I wouldn't be able to put too much into it because I put your heart into it and then people would just mess it up. Okay. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I was just like, man, Pottstown, what? You know, I would shake my head. Then I... Came to a point where I just, well, a couple of years ago, where I'm like, you know, I'm not going to make that excuse anymore that this is Pottstown. Okay. And that's when I started putting more money. That's yeah. when I started doing the cameras. Mm. Started doing those, you know, doing mm. uh, the major capital improvements there. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry. So, is that you mentioned Bellevue? Bellevue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So, so how, how did Pottstown, that, that King Street, that complex, how does that help you along with Bellevue, which is something that's long, kind of along the same lines? Well, you know, the one thing at King Street, after having so much experience with King Street, I kind of like try to stay away from high-rise buildings. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Mm. Now, this deal that we just did had two high-rise buildings. <laughs> One's even huge. twice the size yeah, of huge twice buildings. the size of King Street. Yeah. You know, River Plaza, the first one I had you do, yeah. is twice the size yeah. of King. Yeah. Um. But now there's, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind the high rise buildings, mm. you know, you know, okay. they work, they work, okay. but it just, you got to work them. You got to work them rightly, you know? Right. Um, but what were you saying about King Street and Bellevue? What were you, what was your question? Well, no, no. My question was, how, how did that, having that experience with Pottstown have an effect on how you dealt with Bellevue? <laughs> well, you know, when I came, when I got this deal in Harrisburg, mm -hmm. when we got this deal, there were so many other, there wasn't just one property. It was five properties. And so my game plan was, you know, Bellevue was the one that was speculatively the worst condition, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So my game plan was to try to build up the other ones first, strong. Oh, then I, I could go okay. in and attack Bellevue because gotcha. if I went into Bellevue, I might just get sucked in mm. and lose sight of the whole thing. Because mm. in my position, it's really, it's really important for me to hold the greater vision, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And if I get locked into the details yeah. or get sucked into one thing, I can't hold, I can't hold the vision for the whole, Right. you know, for I got to be on the, I got to be on the macro and I can't, you know, so that was my initial plan. Mm -hmm. 
And so now that's what we've done in the four or five months. The other ones we've kind of went in harder on the other properties, try to get them, mm-hmm. you know, stabilized. And now Bellevue, we, we, we get to Bellevue and it's like, oh, this is not as bad as we thought it was yeah, going to be. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so how was, yeah. how was your, you spent time in Bellevue too. So, because. So, so in, in Bellevue. What was the culture like when you got there? First of all, I, so, so backing up before I actually worked there, I dealt with some of the other people who worked there before I went there and even including like the elevator, you know, I had to do the elevator. So the elevator guy was like, oh, we don't go in there. Uh, you know, we, we don't send one person in there. That's just company policy. <laughs> so I'm like, what the, they must got gates on the windows or something in there. You know what I mean? I thought it was it's like, like they, they the tried, jungle or something. They thought it was, you know, this is Harrisburg. So they think it's like New Jack City, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, Anyway, I should uh, bring a book with a pipe like, in there, yeah. <laughs> Have a or stick or something, you yeah. know? Yeah. Once, once I got there, um, you know, I, I worked in the hallways, but also talked to the tenants in the hallways. Like, say, they're working, waiting on the elevator or something like that. Yeah. And I have a short conversation with them, but after a while, the conversations get longer and longer, and sometimes they stand there and talk to me while I'm working. And you, after you get to know these people, they're not bad people. Right. It's just the, some of the people in there are doing some crazy stuff, like ripping down cameras and 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 breaking into the boiler rooms. But I think guys, you guys got rid of those people, a lot of them, because I don't know what you guys did, but it's a lot, the climate is a lot different in like a month than it was when I first got. There. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So at first, like people just hanging out in the hallway, like it's like they cut in class or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well. You know what is this? I, I know what drug dealing looks like because I come from that that neighborhood, <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. So uh, I'm like, okay, well, we back to Pottstown again. But after a while, it's like well, Pottstown oh, was never like that bad, was it? It wasn't people that just bad. hanging in it the was hallways. Just that bad, but the people that was in the hallways while you're working, like sometimes they would just appear out of nowhere because so many doors. It was like kind of scary, you know what I mean? I remember when you first time you first went to Pottstown, you'd be like, you gotta, you always yeah, felt like yeah. you had to watch your back. I was watching, working my back on the wall. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so, but, um, all of a sudden these people in, in Bellevue started disappearing and the, it was like kind of almost quieter. We had to clean house, man. So now there's, some, there's still some crazy people in there, but <laughs> I mean, that's just for my, not, not you saying that, that's just me saying that, right, but, um, right. you know, it, I, what are you going to do? You know, you took on, jumped yeah. in front of a speeding train pretty much. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like when you, when you wire up a high rise building like that, what's the biggest challenge for you? Um, we're talking about wiring them up for cameras, just so people know. Yeah, when you when you wire for cameras, you have to understand the people that's there, and understand what they what where where they value things. Like for the mail, example, the mailboxes. Everybody values the mailboxes. You got to have a camera that's it's almost like a psychological deterrent. So you you position it where. People can see the evildoers can see it, and the good people can see it. Right. Nobody knows. Everybody feels like their there's their Amazon packages, their um, their mail stuff is going to be more protected. They have more of a leg to stand on if something happens, and that makes people feel better. Now, what about the wiring aspect? The wiring like, aspect. Okay. okay. The wiring aspect. Um, of, like for you for the install. You know, it's, it's what I do, so I can't say there's a hard part to it. But my biggest challenge is uh, personnel, always being shorthanded. So something like this. The one man dream team. Yeah. So so instead of working an eight hour day, I gotta make it work a sixteen hour day to get 
to get it done or else the guy is going to be like, you know, the guy that hired you, which is hired me, which is you in this case, is going to start getting a little antsy because he has the vision that he's racing to and you're part of that race. Right. So I stay I stay with it and I do what I do. And um, I don't plan. I don't plan to do anything when I'm working. I don't plan anything personal when I'm working because I know anything. If something goes happens unexpected, I got to stick with it until it's fixed. And um, and that's what happens. So when I met you, you were saying I'm at HD, right? Mm-hmm. And you're pretty much focused on like audio, visual, home theaters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, making the dream come through for for home residential clients. Right. You know, right? Uh, you had this one client. I think he had like. Six six TV screens on a win, on a wall, yeah. so he could watch all. I guess I mean, was it even the football g- oh, gambling big, or something? He could watch into, each he's game. Like gambling. <laughs> he could watch this, each game. Yeah, how, many, was, how many? How many? How many? How many screens did he have up? It was the there was there was six in the picture, but there's actually uh, I think eight in the room. Eight in the room, right? Because there's there's one where you couldn't see the effort. And the only reason I knew it because his van had his fan wrapped in the advertisement. Oh yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. He had six screens of the one guy's in yeah. the one shot. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So, so you've done um, a lot of houses, right? Thousands, probably. Yeah. So, and now you're. Well, we'll get into the other part later. Now you got more into the um, the rehabs as well. Yeah. Um, so before I started doing electronics, but before we get into okay. the rehab right. part, right. I'm gonna just you know go back to the residential with the houses. So, what was your biggest um, what was your biggest challenge there when you were just doing the audio visual for the houses, the home theaters and stuff? Keeping up with the technology. Every, if I go to training on February, by the middle of March, that same product changed again. Right. They changed the product and they changed the pro- how to program it and it changed what it can do. So all the wires you had that used to hook up to, the, to it, you got to do the firmware update. And, and, and when it's moving that quick and you can only train so many times, you kind of start getting, uh, you know, you, you, you're on, you don't hold a lot with tech support. So what I learned to do is when it's product is- And I hate that. Everybody hates that. Like first, being on the phone and waiting yeah, and yeah, trying yeah. to get the help. And then praying that you get the right person yeah. on tech support that's going to yeah. really help you. Help you, right. And, and not the person that's- <laughs> Right. Yeah. So what when a product is beta, when it's this very first thing, I don't even go to learn it. 1.1, 1, 1. 1, 1.2, and I'll start getting interested in it because they're working out the bugs from beta. You start getting a 2.0 and stuff like that. Then I'll start investing more time into it. Right. Till then, I'll use what I know already because it's not worth it. So how, how old are you now, if I may ask? Uh, 39. 39. So yep. if you were going to talk to a 20-year-old Sherrod that's coming up now mm-hmm. and they're working, you know, but they want to get into their own thing. Mm-hmm. They want to be an independent entrepreneur or a business person. Right. What would be your advice to them? Go with your heart. Don't worry about what everybody's saying. Everybody doesn't have your vision. Um, when I when I told my my I had a, a friend at work named Alex. He was Russian. Alex was a computer whiz. He knew way more stuff than I knew. And um, Alex taught me computers just sitting in front of him. We didn't have a class or nothing. That's how I learned computers. So when I when I started my business, I didn't have money to buy a computer. I, I, I found one in the trash. And I fixed as much as I could, but then I took it to Alex and Alex helped me um, do more with it. So don't be afraid to get your hands dirty, especially when you're first starting out. Don't worry about how much money you got. Don't worry about what you don't worry about what you don't have. Look at what you do have. You have health. You got 
people who know, keep people around you who know more than you do about things you don't know. about. And, and then that's your, um, you'll see it start to come together and that, and that boosts you forward. And as you get higher and higher, you have to get, keep more people around you. And those don't be afraid to let those people go who helped you. In right. Game. And that's a big thing too. Because, as you grow and change your, your, right. your team and the people around you right. are going to grow and change too. Right. And you, you feel loyal because you said they, they helped me out when I was nobody. But right. You got to, you don't have to be nasty about it, but you got to, because you only got so much space around you. Right. So if something's not helping you anymore, you have to cut it loose and, and go forward. Yeah. So I was going to ask you something that just kind of slipped my mind, but so you're working with, um, you're working with Al, the, the computers, Alex, with Alex yeah. right? Alex. So what happened to Alex? Did he stay, um, a Alex, worker B, or did he kind of also Alex come out? Like, oh, Alex was, that was a kind of, if I was if I was 19, 20 years old, Alex was closer to 40. Okay. So he, but he was he a worker a B type. He is a worker type B type, right? Yeah, yeah, he had a family. He had three kids at the time, so and a wife. So he stayed with the with the And that's the other thing that's very important. You know, some people are geared towards being, you know, independent and business people, right. but some people are very much geared towards uh, you know, having that good job. You know, and we're right. and working that's and that's okay. and that's good too. Okay. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. need society needs both. Everybody right. can't be one or the other. And a lot of times people feel like they have to be, you know, the other thing. Right. When people need to find their what's true to them. Right. They gotta be true to themselves. Yes. Well, I, I can I'll tell you when you know you're doing the right thing, you start getting a lot of opposition. People start saying, You can't do this, you can't do that. Oh, what about this? What's gonna happen? What you gonna do when this happens? What you gonna do? You start doing that, then you know you're going in the right direction. Right. And that's what happens initially when you're about to make any change. You're going to feel the opposition. But that opposition externally from other people is really your own opposition. Hmm. You know, they're just a mirror of your own opposition oh. within you because you really have to face your okay. own opposition inside. Right. The biggest turtle that I have to 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 uh, surpass or get over is, is what's going on here. Mm -hmm. You know, my own. And so the other thing that's very important that I want you to talk about is as a business person, what do we deal with up here? Mm. You know, because anybody who's really made it many successfully, they first got to make it up here successfully. Oh, yeah. Like oh, the, yeah. all the success really starts in their mind. Right. And that mindset is so important. There, there's been times where either you might've called me or another customer might've called me and it's, they're a good customer. They always pay. They always, or they, at least even if they don't always pay, they're always reasonable. Um, there's been times you call me up here to do work and I didn't have any money. I didn't have gas to get up here. And I came and I did it and I didn't charge you. You, you gotta be, you have to be fair. If, if a person is giving or, or this uh, entity or something, if they, if they're giving to you and giving is not always in money, money giving is sometimes like I call, I call you when I don't know, like I, like I was calling you about hiring people. Who who I talk to that's that's hands on hiring, that's that's an asset right there. Mm -hmm. So that that's a giving person. So you take you don't take a giving person and keep taking from them. You have to give. Sometimes even when you don't, the best giving is when you don't have it to give. Now I sound super cheap because you came up here. I didn't know you'd have gas. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get it. No, but 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 you but you're a good client. You know what I mean? So I'm I don't, a great client. What are you talking you're an about? Excellent <laughs> client. What am I saying? What am I saying? But, um, yeah, so, <laughs> so, um, yeah, but you, there's times you're going to have to do for other people when you don't have it. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I'm not talking about people that's always got their hands out. There's going to be times where you have to give, you know, but it always come back to you. Exactly. And it may not come back to, from that person. It may come back from this opportunity here or, or that over there. Or, you know, my daughter sees me go to, get up and go to work every day. You now, know what I mean? Do you ever have a battle of, do you ever figure, do you ever feel like, what's, what am, what am I working towards? What's this all for? Like, do you ever get like, you know I what I mean? I did feel that until my daughter was born. When she was born, I knew what I had to do. <laughs> I had to get better at everything I was doing already. Now, the the audio thing, that wasn't my first trap craft. My dad taught me construction before I started doing this. Okay. And when I was probably when I was like nine up until in the high school, I always worked with my dad. And he taught me carpentry, taught me plumbing, he taught And that's me. what I love about you. If I got a problem with something else too, I was like, say, but you got a little bit of time. I need, <laughs> I, I need help over here too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all these different trades, I I, I was still doing drywall with the, with the audio stuff, but it was like kind of minor. But when my daughter was born, that called on everything. But nobody told knew. you janitorial because your cleanup skills are still. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Now, I'm going to tell you why, because... Because I because I don't like lugging around that big vacuum, but I got a um a handheld one now. Okay. I, I try to stay up on top of it a little more. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know my wife, man. She's always like, Sandman was here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think your wife, she's real a lot cleaner than most people I know. Yes. It's like it looks like you hired a cleaning crew here, but I don't know if you did or not. No. That was just your wife. Well, yes. there's somebody that comes, but she comes like twice a month. Oh, okay. you know? so. yeah. So, um, yeah, but, um, so, so when my daughter was born, I was just like, I knew I had to do more and it's all the stuff I didn't want to do. Cause my, my dad was like, I felt like my dad wanted to make me perfect and I didn't want to be perfect. I just wanted to be me. But, um, when my daughter came, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And I wasn't even thinking I knew all this other stuff, but I was like, I'm sitting in a room that I remodeled myself. And I'm like, what am I, what am I going to do now? You know, I got a mouth to feed. I got, you know, cause if with audio, if you have a bad week or something like that, you can, you like, whatever. I eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and keep it moving. Right. But now with her here, well, she needed diapers. Like she needed stuff constantly. Right. So, um, I started going back into the construction thing, but this time I had, audio video to go with it. Right. So you'll notice if you go on my Instagram page, a lot of my projects have some kind of electronics, whether it's electronic lighting, some speakers, something in there is electronic because I'm, because that's what I am all in the one. So my purpose is a creator. I create. So are you, are you up on the LED stuff now? Cause remember I tried to get you to the LED before you remember I showed you, showed you what I showed us to do what I got done. You know, so is that like a big thing now? People are requesting that kind of stuff with the LED lights and the, you know, it can change colors and all that. Yeah. So, so the LED now back then I was still, oh, I'll, you know, I'll do speakers. I don't really want to do nothing else. Right. Right. I was still like kind of not mad at my dad, but like rebelling, you know what I mean? But, um, but thank God dad. Yeah. Got those skills into you. Yeah. 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 He showed you the way. Um, the lights right now, LEDs do so much. You got LED strips, you got addressable strips. You like the, the addressable strips. You know that uh, your brother got those that, that up in his bedroom, the lights that look like they're running around the ceiling. It was addressable strip. So okay. whereas the LEDs flash, you can have an addressable strip that you can make it do other things. And if you line them up, you can make a picture. So they're a lot more elaborate. Yeah. But um, that's constantly changing. <laughs> after that, when in that, what you had in the basement, I did start to get into it more. Right. Because I was like, man, this is hot. Yes. Yeah. It changed the whole 
Or and like again, because I know like now a lot of the high end houses they can go in and just say, hey, you know, hey Alexa or hey Google, you know, give me red lights and everything in the house just turns to a different color. Yeah, yeah. And more things are moving more towards the voice activation stuff too, because yeah, before before everything I got to do with home homes like RTI systems all button and remote. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's moving towards like. Yeah. uh, You know, on the high end stuff, probably we probably hasn't hit. You know. It, it ha- see the see the the Alexa and the Google Home, those are they pioneered the AIs. They pioneered the AI stuff. I think they. I don't notice for sure, but I think they're going to start moving that way. But so any product that is going to interact with voice has to go through one of these products. Even the printer I just bought recently from my office. Yeah, you know the HP printer mm-hmm. is like you can use Alexa with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not using Alexa. I don't even have Alexa in my office, but. You know, so I guess you can say, "Hey Alexa, print out, print out my time yeah, machine." I mean, I don't yeah, know. I know, right? <laughs> but um, I, I learned that anytime hey, electronics, this is not—they're not all innocent. Anytime you gain convenience, you're, there's something else you lose. And the one thing I learned from you back in the day, and it still holds to this day, wired is always better than wireless in a lot of ways. I believe so. Yeah. Even though Sonos, the speakers have really. Um, uh, you know, toggle that concept. Even with wireless charging, my wire, my wired one, plug it in, it's charged. You know, yeah. wireless one takes forever, you oh, know? Okay, I never use So, I mean, those. obviously with Wi-Fi, it's become such a huge tool, you know right. what I mean? And we can't, you know, that, in that mm-hmm. way, it's very, very freeing. But yeah. but in a lot of technology ways with audio and things of that nature, if you can wire that thing in and yeah. hide the wires and get, you know, and, yeah, and do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's much better than having it wireless because yeah. it just stays. I believe so. I, I mean. It stays solid. Some- it stays solid. When, when things are getting more convenient, you're probably losing some kind of quality. Right. So sometimes something a little more, you know, you got to touch a button or something like that. It might be more quality and more um, cohesiveness there than something that's real simple, really easy to use. So we're approaching the end of the year. What's your game plan for 2020? I got to I got to address my fears. Nice. I, I got to address my fear because I've been putting off. People are my my nemesis. Um. I've I've learned electronics. You know, I can speak that language with people. I have a hard time with that. So it's, it's probably one of the reasons why my business hadn't grown much, because I mean, I haven't grown as far as like uh, personnel. The other, the other side of it is marketing. I, I've done tens of thousands in the marketing, and these places aren't yielding results. So once I find that right plan, marketing plan that works for me, I'm on it. Um, because you need that to keep the people busy. I so are you using are you using are you using social media now? So that you just sent me a link. I think the other day I hadn't given a chance to get yeah. into it about some social media type of promotion. Oh, everybody's yeah. attention is on social media. Yeah, you know, and I think the whole marketing game has changed, for, and people are still trying to do it. Like, what what have you tried that hasn't really produced results to you marketing wise? Um, I I can't. I started doing Facebook ads. Okay. For uh, construction, and I did. I get. I did get clientele. Did pay the bills. Okay. Um, but it's it's not as simple as it sounds. Just running the ad. Exactly. What What I learned is that um, different parts of different parts of the week, different parts of the year, different. You know, there's certain there's timing for everything, and that's the part that nobody can teach you, because depending on what your product is. So, so for now, I can run a kitchen ad in February because March, April, May, June, July, those are building months. But if I run a kitchen ad in, in November, nobody's, I'm not going to get anything from it. 
But I didn't know that before I spent three, four thousand dollars on ads. You know what I mean? So it's a it's an expensive process for me to unless you got the money to pay somebody that's just really good at it, which I don't have. And then I'm, when you know there's so many people out there that 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 say they'll help you in your business, but you don't know. Right. You don't know what what they're really gonna and, achieve and half for the you, people really, a lot on, of times. After the people because there's there's everybody and their mother now can help you with your business online. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And then when nothing happens, well, I didn't say it was guaranteed, and it's the most unfair feeling. Hey, thing. this is probably not happened to you, but you know yeah. a lot of because you're so busy working all the time in the field doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. But did you ever get suckered into these courses that people sell? Like you can sit home in your underwear and make like, you know, $50,000 a day or something like that. Or, those, you know what ring, I mean? Those ring, that, the way that ring sounds to me, I've always been skeptical of that. What I did get suckered into was the marketing people saying, hey, you know, if you're not running ads, you're, you're going to go out of business in the next year. You know, if you're not, cause, because, I, because what I didn't, you know, I had this website I got in 2010 See, I didn't know much about SEO work and stuff like that. I'm a little bit more, I can feel it more than I could before, but before it was just a foreign language. You know what you really have to do? You have to work the people that you already have the relationships with. Not work them as in like, you know, and get over right. on them, but right. that's your best advertising. Yeah. Word of mouth advertising and the mm -hmm. people that you've really taken care of, that you built relationships with, they're, they're, you know, referrals and those type of things. is still, I think, even to this day, the number one way to build a business. I think that relationship advertising, anything great takes time. Exactly. There's no quick, there's no quick anything. Right. Um, I, and to what you said, that's the reason I'm still in business because the people I have on work for or word of mouth is what keeps me going. And also I've learned to use Instagram as a word of mouth. Right. Um, and that's it does good. help. It keeps people, you stay, the thing about email marketing People get so much inbox. I'm sorry. They get they get yeah. so many um, emails in their inbox. What you, what makes yours stand out? Only thing you got is a subject line. If you Not, come up with a nothing, now everybody deletes their emails. Yeah. Right? I don't have time to read all those emails. Yeah. Who does got the time? Right. So it's like the grabbing the attention through 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 social through media, media or something like that. That's you want to be on there. Like a person wants to be on there. People are on there like they're smoking crack. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> they want to be on there or not. They're just, they're programmed to just go on their phone well, all the time. Studies that show that it shoots the same dopamine into your receptor as crack. Oh my God. It's the same thing. I got it bad. I got so it you bad. bad. <laughs> I got it bad. I need help. Can I get some help? Oh man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so with social, with Instagram, I'm saying Instagram because I think Facebook is a different, if you're going after older people, you should use Facebook. But I think Instagram helps you stay in front of people. Um, rather they want to open your email or and not. now the new thing you got to get on if you ain't got on yet TikTok ride that wave now before before I figured out what that what is that <laughs> <laughs> it looks, like a, it looks like a recording uh... it's just a recording thing but yeah. you know but right now the organic reach on TikTok is insane compared to the other really? you know it's like where Instagram was they're saying like 10 years ago you know okay. and I was not I just wasn't even in the Instagram game or any of these games really um, other than Facebook you know Facebook's pretty dead you know as far as um, but um, like some but, of the people but, that missed the, the the wave of uh, what was that one where you can put a video and it disappears? Uh, Snapchat, 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 and they, like there's a group like I'm an '80s baby, like I missed that wave. Somebody had to get me into Instagram or get me off of Facebook, right? So that that's why I say like Facebook is like the people that's probably a little more stable in life, and 
there's a market. For- but even Facebook was started from college kids. Yeah. You know, and like everything starts with the kids now. And then right. they people like, oh, that's a kids app. Nobody wants, you know. Right. They just dancing and making funny things right, right, and right. stuff like. Even my kids, they I started TikTok a while back, just experimenting it with it, learning the app, so to mm-hmm. speak. My kids are like, what are you doing on TikTok? <laughs> you know, they're high yeah, school kids. Stuff. They think they know yeah. everything. You know, they're, stuff, yeah. they're, what are you, what are you doing? That's not what TikTok's for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, I've seen a video. Oh, you keep talking. You'll see, you'll see. You yeah, keep yeah, talking. Yeah. I'll show you what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause uh, you know, I wasn't into that stuff before at all, but now I'm just like, you know, getting into the whole media thing and getting into, uh, you know, getting, getting, getting out, putting it out there. Right. Putting out content, you know, this is kind of like and, your own personal and my purpose more so for putting out content is I don't have nothing to sell anybody really. I'm not selling a mm-hmm. course. I'm not selling um, an investor's <laughs> course mm-hmm. or anything. I'm trying to build community. Mm-hmm. That's my main thing that I realized. Cause I looked at myself, what are you doing, Pankaj, with all this? Now that you're, you know, creating Karma Cast and you're creating, you know, Sharma's Karma and you're mm-hmm. creating, you know, you work in the social media thing aspect a little bit. What's your goal? Mm-hmm. My goal is to create community and and if I can help people, help people, you know? Well, I, I think one thing that you may not realize about yourself. So a few years ago, uh, I, I, I think I was listening to Dings Brown working here. And he was like, what are you listening to? Turn on Mandrill. Mandrill, <laughs> Mandrill, Mandrill, yes. And I was like, well, who the hell is Mandrill? But, but then when I heard Susie Caesar, I was like, oh, they sing that? I never knew who sung that. But I think one thing that you don't realize about yourself is that you break... You break um, social um, ideas that people have about Indian people. Big time. You know what I mean? Um, so what, what you might normally think associated with an Indian guy, like you don't fit that, you don't fit that in that box. And like I was watching one of your videos that you, um, you man, you were talking about um, you and your dad, and you know, your dad first starting out and then, I don't even think like you realize it, but the, some of the stuff that you're saying in the video, if somebody's looking, like maybe somebody's working at a job right now and they're thinking about quitting a job and working on their own, starting their own business, like that, those words that you're saying are empowering to somebody like that that may not have that positivity or that con- that um, that uh, train of thought or anywhere around them. So seeing a guy, I mean, can we keep it real? Like we live in a, on a country, a country where the majority of people are white. And are you sure? Well, maybe not now. <laughs> but historically, <laughs> historically. Yes. But when you when you see this one guy's always got a suitcase. He's always got a suit on. He, he's always, you know, but the only guys you see really getting ahead are rappers and, and basketball players. Yeah, from the from the African American right, thing. Right. That like makes you feel like, well, if I'm not playing basketball or rapping, what chances are there for me? So when you see it, when you see a brown guy breaking down to you about how to get from where you're at to where you're trying to go. And it's something simple. It's something achievable. It's not like you got to go, you know, sometimes you want to get uh, started with your business, but you don't have money. You don't have the resources to go to the bank and get a loan. But this guy right here is making it seem so simple that I can, you know, what? I actually can get this. It's just, if I change the way I think I can get for it. And that's a powerful thing to somebody that's without, but is looking to do better. And I think that's the biggest thing is mindset, you know, to have right. that belief in yourself, right. to have that confidence that you right. can do it, you know, that the universe backs you up yeah, in, I started in my achieving your no greatness. I, I didn't have credit. I didn't have money when I started. Right. Tell us about that. I just, I knew I had to do something better. 
because I because I like nice stuff. I like um, leather seats when I buy a car. I like <laughs> a, a moonroof. I like nice shoes and nice clothes. And I want to be. I knew I wanted to buy a house at some point. Um, I, for me, it wasn't about the stuff though. You know what, what it yeah. is for me? What's that? Freedom. Well, I, think, I wanted yeah. the freedom to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And it comes with a price tag too, regardless. Now, you know, I'm, I'm learning over the years that, you know, even that is, you know, because the, the bigger your business grows, the more, the more you are, it becomes your prison at, at, at some wow. point too as well. But initially it was so comfortable that it gave me the freedom to, I could go to whatever country I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I could travel, yeah. take my wife, take my kids, mm-hmm. you know, go to whatever hotel I wanted to go, mm-hmm. you know, not have to worry about any of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Well, for me, but I'm, that I'm was sorry. for me is freedom. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I'm, 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 I grew up in the hood, Philadelphia, North Philly, North Philly, North filthy. Some of us saying, <laughs> well, North Philly, I, you know, I, I, I I'm from yeah. around the area too. And North right. Philly back in the day, I used to go there. I'd be like, man, this is a, this it's is a war zone. All of a sudden you're in a third world country. I don't know what it's like now. I haven't been there in a while, but yeah. when I go there, you know, 20, over 20, 30 years ago, whatever, I'd be there. Yeah. I'd be like, all of a sudden you go a couple blocks in Philadelphia. You're like, well, right. you went from America to like a third world country. Yeah. That, and that's what it was. I, I grew up in the 80s. So I'm, I was born in 1980. So late 80s, crack. Look out the window at night. You see the the, the blue streaks line as people shooting in the street. You see the blue streaks. It's really like Iraq. And just being a place where you don't have the freedom to get what you want and do what you because I, even before I had a car, I was on a bicycle. I would I would try to go to job interviews on a bicycle and stuff like that. So and I didn't get a job because I was too sweaty when I got there. But um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you remind me something remind me about the Peloton bike guy. Yeah, yeah, so but you know, I never got a job on a bicycle. But when you finally find that stream of I can. And then you can, you finally break out of that eating ketchup and rice for dinner because we, we weren't, my parents were poor. You know what I mean? So we ate what we could. Sometimes it was good. My dad, you know, you had the mustard living. sandwich. Did you have the mustard sandwich? I Just mustard and bread. Mustard AJ sandwich. loved, AJ loved really? the mustard sandwich growing up. <laughs> That's, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I, I didn't, it wasn't my thing either. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah, so when you come from a place where you got a lot of limitations and you finally open that door, for me, it was electronics, and you can get out of it, and you can actually stretch now and say, wow, what do I want now? You know, what's the next thing? But now it's not about money for me. It's about what I can leave for my daughter so she don't have to work as hard as I did. Okay, that's what my dad, that's what my dad's whole thing was. Okay. He saw the struggles in corporate America and how like, you know, when they would lay off the engineers, you know, the Indians were the first ones to get laid mm-hmm. off. Okay. And then, you know, somebody got him involved with a business and he's like, he originally turned it down. He's like, my family was never business people. My father always failed at every business he mm-hmm. attempted. Mm-hmm. But luckily, you know, this guy got him involved in the 7-Eleven back in like the early 70s. Wow. You know, and so that I was sent back to India mm-hmm. so that they could work and hustle Mm. And not have to worry about taking care of me and my brother. Mm-hmm. So it was quite traumatic for me being five, six years old and all of a sudden shipped to a foreign <laughs> country and seeing what the heck. I came out yeah. the airport. I was in the airport, man, seeing like all these big birds flying in the airport and stuff. I'm looking. And then I see about somewhere between 10 and 20 people come up to me that are relatives of mine that I've never met before in my life. Wow. And I'm like five, six years old. Oh, you, you flew back by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, me and my brother was sent in a, in a plane back 
and the air hostess was great. They took great care of me. But once I got off that plane and they got me up, they got me through the immigration and here I am with my mm. family and I'm like, oh, and then I'm in the roads and I'm seeing like all this, this whole new world that I'm yeah. in. Right. But when I got back to their house and, I, and then the reality set home, like you are very far away from your parents <laughs> and you must've did something really bad because <laughs> you ain't going to see them no time soon. Right, 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 right. And I was in, I was in shock. I was in shock. That, that makes that clears up some things because I, I was, I used to say, how are these, you and your brother, I'm like, how are they so cultivated to India, but yet Americanized? Now that makes sense. He was I, born here. I came here when I was real small. Okay. But then I went back for, for that time period of time. Then I was came back when I was, mm -hmm. you know, around. So it makes sense. Period. So you weren't, you're not so. completely Americanized in all your culture. You were, you know, for a time you were. Well, we were raised American pretty much, you know. Right. Raised in America. Okay. That's why we don't have an accent. Right. But it most people, Spanish. you know, according to sociology, most people, if after six years old, your accent is set in. Mm. So if you leave, you know, people come here, usually when they're after six, they'll mm. still have somewhat of an accent. Yeah, yeah. You know, but now people get over that, but mm. we have no accent. But I can talk, like mm. accent and all that, you know, right, no, right, no right, problem right, right. for me. Right, right, right. This type of thing. Okay. Okay. But, um, yeah. So 2020, I asked you, what's your thing? You said, you, you said overcome your fears and it's the nemesis is with people, but what is it with people? I don't understand them. <laughs> I don't understand them. I could look at that keypad. I could t I had a trainer. Um, okay, curse. <laughs> yeah, once it's okay, I guess, right? They're not gonna, we're not monetized anyways. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I, I had a trainer, his name was Mike, Mike Torres. And, um, he was teaching us. What kind of trainer? Like technical audio? Trainer. Technical, technical okay. trainer. This is when I was working at a uh, uh, cable company, RCN. And um, it was, he's basically teaching us computer science. Um, the, like basic computer hardware, software. Um, he had this saying, he wrote these letters on the, on the board, RTMFS. Right? He said, can anybody tell me what this means? He's, now, he's Puerto Rican, so he kind of... Not he's not rough because he's Puerto Rican, but he's a rough Puerto Rican dude. And he's like, oh, anybody tell me what this means? I don't know. Was it day of the week? I don't know. Right? So he said, read the motherfucking screen. <laughs> he said, anytime you have a problem with a computer or any elect, uh, electronic device, read the screen. It's telling you what the problem is. And to the day, I still use that. The prop, the screen is always telling you what's going on. You just have to get in a quiet place in your mind and realize what it's saying. So, um, I don't know where I was going. Where was I going with that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no. Oh, so, so you were saying like, uh, so, so I understand electronics. Right. They, they talk to me. And I know right. that sounds kind of corny. That's why you're my MacGyver. That's why you're my, you my MacGyver. I know, right? The black MacGyver. People don't understand. I'm sorry. People I don't understand. I don't, I can't look at them. And understand them like I like like understand electronic device. Well, I've never I've never picked that up. Like I've known you for a bunch of years, and I've never picked that. I've like, I've no. always had I've always felt like I've, I've been able to relate to you uh, mm -hmm. very openly and and naturally, and never felt like uh, I never got that from you. That's funny because I was reading this meme online. It said um, the the way you view yourself and the way other people view is two totally different things. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I don't ask how I feel. Um, even when it comes like the high. So how are you going to break through? What you going to do? I got to, I got to face my fear of, for one, I've, a lot of things I've learned 
doing this type of work, I learned a lot of secrets. And those secrets are what helped me um, set apart from other contractors that do the same type of work and it puts me out in front of them. And I've been holding on to them, but I can start, I'm seeing that they're killing me. Holding on to not telling anybody how certain things work in fear of them becoming my competition. Maybe you could create content on with uh, releasing some of these secrets mm-hmm. and that'll be good to promotional biz- business for you too. Yeah. I, I could see that it's, it's not a good, it was a good thing to get me out in front, but now it's, it's killing Cause a lot of your videos, you show different projects you're doing, but you're not like, I don't show them you're not, yeah. So you, you gotta show that you gotta show people the black MacGyver part of you, man. Okay. On social media. And watch things take off. Maybe, you know what? And we can end on that I'll note probably. You know 2020, 2020 yeah. think about letting out my secrets. Because what happens is when you, when you start doing that, you start promoting yourself as an authority, which you are already. You're authority in your field. Mm. But people don't know it. You know? Okay. It's like, so the biggest secret is that you're an authority in what you do. And you're the man of what you do, but nobody knows it but you. <laughs> <laughs> and Pankaj. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I know it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just to finalize with real estate, man. Um, you got a house. Mm-hmm. You took in Chester, which is, you know, Chester's Chester. Yeah, yeah. And you renovated it. You, mo- you live there. Are you done? Have you completed all the renovations in your house? Uh, I got one more major. I need to rip off the back of the house and rebuild it. And then you got another house in Philly that you bought for, what, 30, 40 grand? Yeah. You going to renovate that or what? What are you yeah. going to do with it? What's your plans? I got to renovate it. I got to get it out of my head. So you're not going to do the Airbnb, right? You're going to get a rental, right? You're gonna get okay. a, you're if gonna you get a me, rental. You're the you're a real estate guru. If you say don't do Airbnb, I won't do Airbnb. Not in Philly. I mean, you're not. It's like a tourist place. You know right. what I mean? You want an Airbnb something? I think you're gonna do some place where you're gonna have a lot of people coming in and out. Right. I don't know if Philly's that place. Right. Okay. You know. Right. Okay. You know, if right. you right. do Airbnb, you're basically you're gonna use the house as a little hotel. Yeah. People gonna come and do their nasty there, and they're gonna leave. You know <laughs> what I mean? That's gonna be their party place. You know. Right. Right. So you might make, you're going to, it's going to be, you know, it's just going to be too much to maintain okay, going man. back and forth. You know, gotcha. we're going to clean it out each night. Mm-hmm. You get a rental in there. It's going to be slow, steady, but it's going to be stable. Okay. Stable. Yeah. And that's what that's you want. That's your saying on your shirt, isn't it? Slow, steady, stable. Strong. Strong, steady, steady and stable. stable. You know? Okay. That's our, that's our motto, man. Strong, steady, and stable. That we're, I'm in a business that we've built a business that's strong, that's steady, that's stable. Mm. We have an opportunity for the people that work for us that's strong, steady, and stable because we're not going anywhere. You know, technology is going to change every few months, but apartments ain't going to change. The only thing that's going to change about apartment is the bathroom and the kitchen. Mm. (laughs) You know, the living space is going to be the living space and people are going to need a living space. See right there what you just said, you just, you dropping bombs and don't even know it. The the bathroom and the kitchen is the only thing. I never thought about it like that. So anybody that's looking to go in real estate right now, you just drop a jewel on them. Yeah. So people are always going to need a place to stay and that they're not building, they're building, you see everywhere they're building cranes, they're building the the, the A-class properties. They're not building the workforce properties. They can't. It costs too much money to make it. Mm. So the workforce properties are properties that we have that are built in like the 70s Mm. and stuff like that. You know, that people are paying less than $1,000 a month to rent. Mm. That's the stable industry. Mm -hmm. The recessions come and go, but that industry, we've been proven to stick and to be stable throughout those industries. Mm -hmm. Right now, all these cranes is is coming up, right? As soon as the recession hits, whether it's this year or coming soon, mm. you're gonna not gonna see the cranes in the construction anymore. What happened in two, after 2007, 2008? Mm. Did you see any more construction? Yeah, you didn't see construction for a while, time. so they rode the wave. Yeah. Now it's at the top. Yeah. Prices are at the at the peak that's in, the in, in multi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what happens? And if you notice that, that's when construction ceased after 2007, 2008. Yeah. 
Even, even we didn't see no construction happening for a long time because yeah. people couldn't get the money to get, to get the investment towards it. Got gotcha. you. know? Got gotcha. you. So, hey man, it's been great chatting with you. We're gonna have you. We gotta have. We got some more. You and me, we can talk all day. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, but people got things to do, so we're gonna <laughs> let we're gonna let we're gonna let them go do the things, man. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Karma Cast number two with my man, the Sandman, HD. <laughs> now, right. HD, you got to be Sandman 4K now. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that too. Because when you were HD, that was HD was the thing. That's the thing with technology. <laughs> Everything's changing now. It's, gotta, it's 4K, it, yeah. and then next week it's going to be 6K. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so got hey, so we'll see. But thank you yeah. anyway. Thank you for coming, man. All big right, love. Man. Big love to you. All right, man. Have a good day. Thanks for coming out. Yep. See you soon.